Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. You know, when, when I get up here, I always struggle with whether or not this is from the Lord. And I think that's a good thing because I, I don't ever want to be out of line. I, I, want it, I want to be sure that it's from Him. And this week, we, my wife and I, we, we were supposed to meet with a couple and uh, they weren't able to come. And that freed us up to come to prayer. So we came into prayer Wednesday night. And when we came in, I, I could sense it. And Rosemary, you guys, I, I so appreciate wherever she's at. I so There you are. I so appreciate you praying for this church. Tuesday night at the Prophetic Etiquette, uh, Wednesday night, and then, of course, this morning at 9.30, you guys gather and you pray because we know nothing is accomplished without prayer. But when I walked in here, I could sense that, that like we were hitting a wall. Did you feel that? And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you do something about it. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> this is Rosemary's leading this. And after about a minute or two of, of him prodding, I finally went up and I said, is it, is it okay if I step out here and, and just begin to speak? And the Holy Spirit began to move in me anyway. If I don't know if Pastor Barb said, well, I'm not sure, you know. She was there and, and she wasn't sure if, if it was her, or if it was the Spirit, whatever, you know, because the Bible says test the Spirit. But all of a sudden I start singing in the Spirit. And I'm like, what in the world? I sounded like Tiny Tim. I was hitting octaves I didn't even know I could hit. Well, at least in my, in my mind I was hitting them. Maybe, maybe I really wasn't. But here's what I'm trying to get to. God is trying to shake us up. Stop playing church. Be the church. Hallelujah. And you know what? If we'd step into this, if we just step into this river, <laughs> hang on. Hang on to your socks because I'm telling you, we're going to start floating. We're going to start moving. And, and here's the picture I saw when we were singing that song. Because I'm talking about the rapture today. The rapture is when all of a sudden, in an instant, and we'll get to this in a minute, we're all taken up. But, if you've got high things in your life, chains, what are they going to do when you go to go? That's the picture I saw today. So as we go through this service this morning, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And if you've got something that's chained to you, at the end of the service, we've got to sing that song again. It may be a little redundant, but I don't care. Because there are people in this room that need to hear it and need to let go 
so you can be all that Jesus has called you to be. And that sounds like an army thing, but be all that you can be. Wow. Okay. Before I start, I had to confess a little bit because I, I actually have a need. Uh, we have a church in Indian River, Joy Fellowship. That was a church that Pastor Bob Moody pastored for years. And uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago-ish. <clears throat> and that church had been struggling. And I wasn't even sure it was going to make it. But that church is beginning to take root again. It's getting traction again. And last Sunday they had 35. When we started there, about a, a month after Pastor Bob went to be with Jesus, they were running about three. And now they're running about 35. And I'm not a big guy into numbers, but here's the thing. The Lord's doing something up there. And they're also their food pantry in uh, Indian River. So if that church wasn't there, I don't know where the food pantry would go because that church is literally the church that is feeding it the people. So I need your help. They need a new roof. The insurance company, the previous insurance company, canceled on them because their roof was failing. And, and all it needs is shingles, but we have to take the old off and then put the new on. So this coming Friday... What is that, the 16th? Okay, the 16th, we're going to meet up there at 8 o'clock. And, and I'm looking at guys like you because you have the equipment. <laughs> so can I talk to you before you leave today? And I don't normally point this out <laughs> during service, but Brother Bill, I just need to see if you can help me with a few things because I know you're a contractor and all that. And, um, we, have, uh, we have a job to do, but I feel like as Mount Hope Church, the people of Gaylord, we have such an opportunity to invest in another community. What a, what a privilege. And then the following week, we have a team coming up from Fenton that's actually going to begin the process of putting the shingles back on. So I'm not asking you to do the whole job. I'm asking you to join me as we take the shingles off and then just get that, that initial layer of ice and water shield and uh, the, the diamond deck stuff they put on that way, if it rains, it'll be safe. All right, so I see me after if you can help. Because I need, I need strapping guys. I need guys that aren't so strapping but are just faithful. And uh, we'd love to have you join us up there this Friday at 8 a.m. So we can get that job done. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. Thank you. Last, and again, this kind of goes with what we're trying to do here at the Hope. We are beginning a disciple maker uh, program here and what that consists of is if somebody comes to Christ or rededicates themselves to Christ we want them to be strong and we want to help you with that and we have a little booklet that we call the seven basics and it, it goes through seven key things that every believer should know and it'll help you to to go on to whatever it is that God's calling you to do. I'm actually going to be teaching that this Wednesday, the introduction at our Bible study. So 7 p.m. this Wednesday, 
we will start the seven basics, and I'll be doing the intro, and then David and Brother Nate are going to also help with the teaching of that. So you're not going to want to miss it. If you're a new believer, you'll want to be here. Find a way to get here. I believe this is going to renew the spirit that is within you, and it's really going to help move you to that next level. All right? Wow, it's still quiet. Yeah, we should be excited about that. Why should we be excited about that? Because that's what Jesus told us to do, isn't it? Go into all the nations and do what? Sit on your... No! What? Make disciples! And that's what we want to do here. We want to be scriptural. Isn't that a wonderful idea? I have a message. Revelation is an amazing book. And the deeper I get into it, the more I realize how little I know. God is the author, though, so that makes sense. He is infinite. He is all that. We're never going to understand Him 100%. But he gives us a lot of clues to get us from point A to B to C to D. And one of the things that strikes me as we go through this whole process through the book of Revelation is there's a reason that it's there's a reason that it's the last book in the Bible. It's important. Why? Because too many people are this guy. This is an actual photo. This man was in Canada mowing his lawn, and I don't know who the person was taking the picture, but I would have been in the bomb shelter, all right? Uh, oblivious to what was behind him, what was coming right at him. And I'm sitting there, as I saw this, I, I thought about the book of Revelation. I thought about the church. We know what's coming. Are we warning the people? Because they're just like this guy. We have a responsibility. I don't know how God's going to get a hold of everybody, but I believe that in the last days we're going to see our churches full. Amen. We're not full today. I believe that it's going to be standing room only because people are going to want to know what we know. And if they just get a glimpse of who the Jesus is in the book of Revelation, it'll draw them to him. And that's why it's so important that you and I have an understanding of this book. Because it talks about what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back for his church. Would you stand with me one more time? I have 20 minutes to do a 40-minute sermon. Jesus, we, we need you. Holy Spirit, 
without your enlightenment, without your illumination. This would just be fluff. But I know you've called us to such a time as this, to a place like this, Lord. And today I pray that every ear would be made to hear, every eye would be made to see the things of God today. Open up this book. Open up the revelation, Lord, of the end times, the apocalypse. Just before Jesus comes back for the church, show us what it's going to be like. And Lord, help us to minister to this world with that in mind. Like this man in the picture, Lord. Help us to warn them. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. You want to be ready. He's coming back for you and for me. Lord, bless this message. Help this pastor to preach it quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I've been skirting this for at least a couple of weeks, the rapture of the church. The rapture is going to come just prior to the tribulation. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. Poke your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming back. If you were here last week, you heard me talk about the first three chapters in the book of Revelation that all talk about the church. And the last two are referring to the churches that were in the now, in this age that we live in today. All right, So we want to pay special attention to those two churches. The first, of course, was Philadelphia, the, the, the church of brotherly love. And Jesus told them, He said, hang on to your faith and don't give up. So what do we see going on around us today? People giving up all the time. Letting go of their faith and going back into the world God, have mercy on them. The enemy's job is to frustrate us and convince us that there's no hope. Jesus is just a myth. He was just a good guy. Like the Dalai Lama or someone else. No, he was a son of God. He was the Prince of Peace. He was the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings and he is coming back to rule, and to reign. But we know that the devil is the father of all lies, so he's going to try to convince us otherwise. And we can't let that happen to us. Hang on to what you have. Hold on to your faith and don't give up on Jesus. By staying faithful, the Bible says you will receive a reward. A crown a crown that we're all going to lay at Jesus' feet one day. The last church was the church of Laodicea. Here, Jesus rebuked them for being lukewarm, and God help us if that's us. I think that's why I just feel like He's stirring us. He's saying, come on, church! Stop being that lukewarm, tepid church and jump in with both feet. He hates warm churches. He said he'd rather have us cold if we're not going to be hot. I'd rather be hot. 
So let's work toward that. Amen? Let's hold this. Hold your brother or hold your sister to the fire and say, come on, get real. Stop playing and pretending. Because that's not who Jesus is coming back. I've heard it already three times this morning. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Right, Mary? Hallelujah! In the end of the church of Laodicea, he just said this. Repent. Turn back to me. Come back with the love that you once had. And he'll meet you right there if that's you. Hallelujah. So we see the first three chapters of Revelation regard the church on the earth. Then chapters 4 and 5, there's a shift or a change that takes place. And we're going to kind of get into that today, but actually not much because time's limited and I want to get to the rapture. Suddenly, say that with me, suddenly the church is in heaven. (laughs) how fast is suddenly oh God's got something good for us suddenly the church is in heaven what happened where did she go you see a quick observation of chapters 6 through 18 reveal that there's something going on on the earth during those chapters that none of us wants to participate in. It's called the Great Tribulation. When Satan is going to be released to do his evil, wicked deeds that he's been waiting to do from the beginning of time. You and I, the church, isn't here on earth. We're in heaven. How did we get there? (laughs) It's easy. We went up in the rapture. I'm going up in the rapture. By the way, the word rapture is not in the Bible. So don't don't get your concordance out and look for it because it's not there. This is actually taken from the Greek word hapidzo, which means a snatching away. That's where we get this Latin word, rapture. The world will most likely blame our disappearance on UFOs. Have you noticed how they're coming more and more frequently? Yet they never get pictures or video. But somebody's seeing them. Are they angels? Fallen angels? They can masquerade as light, can't they? Or will will the general collective say, well, you know, all of those people, we've been waiting for them to go so that we can all become of one mind and one world. Who knows how they're going to put it? But somehow they're going to explain away that the church was taken in an instant. The rapture is also known as the blessed hope. Hallelujah. Found in Titus 2, 13. 
Why are we blessed? Because we are not going to go through this time of wicked, evil release on the earth. We're not going to have to go through the judgments of God that were not intended to judge the righteous, but the unrighteous. The people that rebelled against Him. Hallelujah. I want to give a little background. I'm going to read from 2 Thessalonians 2, beginning with verse 1. This is the New Living Testament, pretty much, I think, every passage today. This is referring to the end times. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet Him. So you see two things there. The Lord is coming back. All right? The angels told the disciples, just as you see Him going, He's coming back. But it also says we're going to be gathered to Him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. So even during the time of the apostles, this stuff was going on where people were spreading false rumors, unbiblical rumors, that Jesus had already come. Let me tell you, he did not come then and he has not come yet. We know this because of Scripture. Verse 3. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day, say that with me, that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction. So what's his purpose? Destruction. Do you want to be here? Adam, do you want to be here? No. None of us wants to be here because he's coming back with one motive. Destruction. Are you still with me? The day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. Now, if you look around us today, how many would say, that's getting close? I have never in my life experienced the kind of anti-God sentiment that I've seen lately. People are, they would rather have God smite them than them having to say the name Jesus. I've seen it. It's crazy. But the lawless one has not yet been identified. What's that tell us? Rebellion's happening. But the lawless one hasn't been revealed, so there's, we're in the middle of this, all right? The rebellion has started, so that, that's a, a clue. Who knows the day or the hour? Only the Father, all right? But we do know the season, Jesus said. We're in the season. We're right in the middle of this, sandwiched in between, where all this Rebellion's going on, but still he has not been identified yet. Verse 4. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. 
He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. There are many scriptures that attest to how the Antichrist is going to set himself up in these latter days. In Jerusalem. In the temple. And call himself God. He's, somehow he's going to convince the people he is God. He's a masquerader. If you want to read on this more, Daniel 9.27, Matthew 24.15, talk about it. I wondered, how is this going to happen? How is he going to set himself up in the temple when they haven't, the Jews haven't had temple worship in centuries? And then recently I started reading how they're getting ready. They're actually raising the animals, the cattle that are going to be used for the sacrifice. They're rehearsing the Levitical laws so that the priests are doing it just as they did in the Old Testament. They're getting ready. Right on time, just as the Bible predicted, it's going to happen again. And this Antichrist is going to set up shop right in the middle of it. But only for a short time. Only for a short time. Jesus is coming back. Now I want you to pay close attention to verse 5 and following. Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back. Can you say that with me? And you know what is holding him back. Now who's the him the Antichrist. What's holding the Antichrist back? Let's finish reading. He can be revealed only when his time comes. So the Antichrist is going to be revealed eventually. Verse 7, For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Say that last part with me. The one who is holding it back. Who is it? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has put the devil in check all these years. And it's not just the figurehead of the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit in us, in the church. The church isn't going to be here anymore. So the Holy Spirit who is in us isn't going to be here anymore. We're going to be in heaven with the Holy Spirit. Which is going to do what? Release the Antichrist. Release the Kraken. Not really. He'll be worse than the Kraken. No doubt about it. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Now, note that last verse. That doesn't all happen in one, you know, it's not like it just happened in a, in a moment of time. That's over time. Because obviously, we're gone, so we know there's going to be a seven-year period in between our leaving and then Jesus coming back. And I'm, I'm going to get to where we're with Him coming back in a minute. So bear with me. Hallelujah. I've got to stay on track here. Ooh, there's so many things going on. 
This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power, signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. Read, Matthew, read uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to what is it, 32. Read that when you, get your, when you get home. Read it in a modern translation. And tell me if we aren't there. These people refused the truth of God. The truth that could set them free. They refused to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And because of that, they will go to the grave in their sins. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and he will believe, and they will believe these lies. They will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. And folks, I've never seen anything like it like I have lately. Our politicians, are, it's like what's right is wrong, what's wrong is right, and they defend it somehow. And I'm sitting there going, how can this be? We've got brains. How can they not see what's right and what's wrong? It's because they got blinders on because they love evil rather than loving the truth. And they'll go to hell for it. Revelation chapter 4. Here we go. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly, how long? And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. I had never caught this before. But Dr. Van Impey feels, and I agree with him, the come up here and the instant, obviously that's my emphasis. Those two things are also the very same things that happen when the rapture takes place. Come up here, Jesus said, and instantly, or in the blink of an eye, John was in heaven. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to build a doctrine on these two verses, but hear me. Does God do anything that isn't awesome? He's giving John a picture of what's happening with the church. They're being taken up when the voice says, come up here. And that's what's going to happen with us. Here we go. 1 Thessalonians 4, and I've got it up behind me. Beginning with verse 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. These are the, the scriptures that we use as companion scriptures to, uh, or proof text to show that the uh, rapture is true. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a what? A commanding shout with a voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. These very same two things happen during the rapture as when John was called up to heaven. Come up here, John. And he heard what he thought was a voice like a trumpet. God is amazing when he shows us things. 
Verse 17. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be, and this is that word, caught up. This is where we get the word rapture. We will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. You know what? If we had to go through the tribulation, I wouldn't think that'd be a, a real encouragement. But he's telling us, look, and I shared this last week when we talked about uh, uh, Revelation 3.10 where, where uh, Jesus said, you are going to be kept from... We're not going to have to go through that trial. We're going to be caught up. Where do we meet Jesus? In the air. You with me? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. A what? Ah, we will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, which is how quick instantly instantly when the last trumpet is blown so John heard the voice that sounded like a trumpet we're going to hear it too and in that moment how fast is a twinkling of an eye quick <laughs> nanoseconds we're going to be taken up to meet Jesus in the air this is good news. I get excited about this stuff. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will raise, be raised to live forever, and who, those and we who are living, I'm sorry, will also be transformed. We're going to be transformed into our glorious bodies. I can't wait. Because I'm going to fit this shirt better. <laughs> I like the color, but it's it's a little, it, it's a little tuggy. It, it, it doesn't fit me like when I first bought it. Must have shrunk. Other proof texts, if you go back and you begin to look at, and I recommend you do this. This is your homework. Go back to Matthew 24 and 25 and read through those passages. What are they talking about? Thank you. Jesus coming back. I'm glad one of you reads. It talks about what the earth is going to be like when He returns for us. He talks about the ten virgins. How many remember them? Five that were, five, five that were wise and five that were... Don't be the foolish ones. Why were the five wise? Because they were ready. They were ready. And Jesus said, ready or not, here I come. They were ready. Let me read quickly from this, and I don't have this up behind me. Matthew 25, 10b to 13 says, Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Uh-oh. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, because they went where to get what they should have had already, but it was too late, they were outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. 
So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. When he comes back for the church, it's going to be in an instant, and it's going to be like the thief in the night. Nobody's going to know when he's doing this. When he comes back for the second coming of Christ, when he comes back at the end of the tribulation, they're going to know he's there. It isn't going to be a secret because the clock starts ticking the minute that you and I are taken up. And then you can start going seven years from that date. Seven years is when Jesus is coming back. And we're coming back with him. Now, this also actually talks a little bit about what's going to happen during that time because they're at the marriage feast. That's where we're going to be during that seven years. We're going to be eaten. When we used to have potlucks here, it was our best Sunday. It's human nature. Apparently it's spiritual nature too because Jesus is throwing a feast. And we're going to celebrate the rewards that were given to us. And then at the end of that seven years, we're coming back. But I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to get to this place. You still with me? None of the players in these parables, none of the players, is it alright if I use that word? None of the players knew that Jesus was going to come back, or when he was coming back. They knew he was coming back. They didn't know when he was coming back. If you look at the three servants in the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, they didn't know. They knew he was coming back, but they didn't know. In fact, the Bible says the master was gone a long time. How long was the master gone? So what happens if, if you... Have somebody tell you, yep, yep, I'm going to be back at such and such a time, and they don't show up. What do you do? You get antsy? They got antsy. I see this today. Well, you think Jesus is really coming back? Yes! I have no doubt. When? We don't know. He just told us, I'm coming back. Be ready. He's God. He doesn't have to give us the whole story. Hallelujah. Ooh Powerful stuff. Here we go. Matthew, I think this one I've got up there. Matthew 24, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Who knows? Only the Father. So when he says, Jesus, go get him, that's when it's going to happen. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. And you've probably read this before. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. What were people doing? Banquets and parties and weddings. Like nothing was happening. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Listen, there's a flood coming, all right? It's a tsunami of evil that's going to wipe 
these people out that still remain on this earth. You and I, we're not going to be here. You ought to be getting pretty excited by now. I'm coming back, Jesus said. Watch this. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be working in the auto factory. One will be taken and one left. There's only one explanation for what's happening here, and that is the rapture. The one that is ready to go, that has no chains holding them down, is going. Because they put their trust and their faith in Jesus. The other one? The other one's going to be left behind just like the five foolish virgins because they weren't prepared. Are you going up? I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm going up in the first resurrection. I don't know about you. I don't want to wait till the second one. I want to get out of here before the devil is released. And Jesus said, oops, I went too far. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day that your Lord is coming. Listen, if we don't walk out of here with anything else, let it be this. We know he's coming back. As a believer, it's your responsibility to be ready. There's a reason that, that the three servants were thrown in these parables because they were supposed to do something. They were supposed to be busy doing what God told them to do until he came. We aren't, listen to this part, we aren't supposed to just sit here and go, hey, you ready? Norm, what are you doing? Oh, I'm waiting. Waiting for what? Well, Jesus, he's coming back. Well, what are you doing here? I'm waiting. I'm just going to stand right here because he told me, he said, be watching and wait. Do you think that's what Jesus was saying? No, what's the church supposed to be doing until he comes back? Occupying, making souls, making disciples getting everybody in here that we can get in here so that when that trumpet blows and his voice says, come up here, we're ready. What is your crown going to consist of? It's going to consist of every one of those people that you've helped bring into the kingdom. There's nothing else of value. But if you lead somebody to Christ or if you invite them into a church where they get saved, you are going to get a reward for that. If you have invested in the kingdom with your finances, you are going to get a reward for that. If you've sent missionaries out, or maybe you yourself have gone out, you are going to get a reward for that. The only value in heaven is through souls. 
So we've got to be alert. We've got to be watching. But we also have to keep doing what we've been called to do. And remember what Jesus said to the servants who were faithful? There were three. The first two, he said, okay, you took what I gave you, the five, and you doubled it. Well done, what? My good and faithful servant. And we all want to hear that, don't we? So if we just sit here and, and hey, you going to the Bible study? Yeah, let's go to the Bible study. Ooh, yeah, that's good stuff, man. Oh, good. Uh, and we don't ever use the Bible study to minister to somebody else. What are we doing? The whole reason that we are to mature is so we can help mature others. Our job is to bring people to Christ to explain who he is, to introduce them to the King, King of kings and Lord of lords, and there they can make their own decision for Christ. But we can't just sit here week after week. Hey, good message, huh? Yeah, yeah. And that's it. I hope I'm not being harsh, but I'm I am feeling this in the spirit like you can't believe. I can't even begin to tell you what I'm experiencing on this side. This isn't Pastor Norm just preaching. I feel the presence of God. And that's why what we're trying to do is so important. Making disciples. we got a bunch of stuff coming. Should the Lord... Hold off when he comes back. But in the meantime, I'm telling you right now, be faithful. Don't give up. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, I'm going to get to this good part. Not that that wasn't all good. Woo, it's late. Revelation 19 and we're going to hit this more when we get down the road, but I, I felt like I had to bring this in. I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. Where'd the crowns come from? Hello? A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. Verse 14, the armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, who is that? Us, followed him on white horses. Jesus is coming back, and we're right behind him. We're already in our glorified bodies. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. See, he hasn't struck down the nations yet. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. And this is all going to happen in the, in the war we call Armageddon. And we'll get into this a lot deeper later. On his robe... At his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
Every tongue will confess, every knee will bow to the wonderful name of Jesus. Not everyone's going to think it's wonderful because if they're not blood-bought, born again, before this heart stops beating, before they make that leap during the rapture, they aren't going. Would you stand? To wrap this up quickly, the rapture, nobody knows when it's coming. Second coming plus seven years from the rapture. The rapture, only saints are aware of it. The second coming, all the world is going to see Jesus coming back. Last, the rapture, we will meet Jesus in the clouds. The second coming, Jesus is coming to plant his kingdom on earth. And he will rule here for a thousand years, or what we call the millennium. Can you see this? Can you get excited about it just a little bit? When you think, hey, God did this for me. The Bible says, and, and I don't have time to go into it today, but the Bible talks about a time of judgment like never before. We don't want to be here. If you're here today and you love Jesus and you know that if the trumpet were to blow right this very second that you'd go to be with Jesus. Lift your hand up and give a shout. Hallelujah! Okay. That's really cool. How many people aren't here today? How many know somebody in your life who if that trumpet were to blast right now and Jesus were to say, come up here, they wouldn't go. What does that tell us? We are not done, are we? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust that he's going to get you through and then do what he's equipped you to do. Some of you, you invite people to church and you fill up whole rows. And I, I love you guys for doing that. That's what it's all about. Others, you've never invited anybody to church. You need to break that mold and start looking for people. And you don't have to bring them to church to get them saved. We're going to teach you how, if you don't already know this, how to lead somebody to Jesus. It's not that hard. How many have a testimony? <laughs> all of us. If we're born again, that's all you have to know. God will do the rest. You just have to tell Him what Jesus did for you. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please, as I wrap this up. You're here today. Say, Pastor, that's not me. If that trumpet were to blast, if Jesus were to say, come up here right now, I don't think I'd go. If that's you, I need to see your hand up quickly. Wow. Every single person in this room is saved. Absolutely amazing.
And maybe that's what I'm experiencing in the Spirit. It's the Lord saying, come on, church. Come on. I'm trying to grow it, but you got to work with me. Come on. Get out there. Let people know you got a good thing. The Word's being preached at this church. People are being set free. But this week, everybody in this room is born again already. Wow. I wanna, I'm hoping next Sunday we see at least 12 who accept Christ for the first time. Would you pray that with me this week? God can do amazing things, but we have got to do our part. I would encourage you to come out Wednesday night, listen to this newest series, because you're going to be asked to make disciples. And this, this booklet that we're going to look at, the seven basics, is actually what we're using. So come on out and listen to the message, not just because I'm doing it this Wednesday, but because it's important for the church. Can I get an amen? How many have been touched today by God? Jesus, we, we want to leave here acknowledging you are Lord. You are our God. We thank you for every life changed in this room. We thank you, Lord, for how you have met us right where we're at, wherever we were at, and you brought us into that right relationship with you. Now, Lord, release us into this community. Release us into Gaylord. Release us into this state to lead people to Jesus as only you can. Use us as tools in your hand, vessels that will bring you honor and praise and glory. And Lord, help us to notice when somebody needs you. Help us uh, just to have an inkling of what to say. Sometimes we just need to open our mouth and you'll fill it. Let that be so, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We speak to the master of the harvest today, Lord. We know the harvest is ripe, it's ready loose labors into the harvest and that includes the people that are listening to my voice right now use us lord and i pray you'd fill this church in a fresh new way with souls that need to hear about you and we pray this all in jesus name and everybody said now keep us in our coming and going keep us safe as we travel we love you and we commit the people of mount hope into your hands amen amen God bless you. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.